Thank you for listening to this week's announcements. Let's get ready for prayer. And until next time, we'll see you at the top. Good morning, Zion Hill Church family. My name is Cameron Henry. Will you stand for the posting of colors by the Pineville High School JROTC color guard? Remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
you may be seated. Well, that's better than what I, I expected, uh, so uh, that's good. When I do that at my church, I normally have to do it a second, kind of get them warmed up a little bit, but uh, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. It is uh, actually an honor to stand before you and have this opportunity. I'm Rich Dupree, Mayor of the City of Pineville, and uh, what a blessing to have our JROTC, the fine leadership that we have there at Pineville High School, and uh, uh, to get those uh, young to here this morning. Uh, not sure if uh, they understand the importance of today, but I know you do, and hopefully years from now, uh, they will be able to say, I was there as a part of the service whenever Zion Hill celebrated its 100th anniversary. Praise God for that. <laughs> Pastor Dara and I... Uh, go back uh, a long ways. Uh, I was not in politics when he arrived here in Pineville, and uh, we both were, uh, I was in a different ministry at that time, but what an honor to, uh, to see what God has bless him during this time period, and obviously what he's done to bless me so that we could work even closer together in ministering to the needs of our community. So uh, I, I love your pastor. Uh, he knows that, and, uh, and I am uh, certainly uh, uh, honored and blessed to uh, be able to share this uh, podium, not only with him this morning, but with our U.S. Senator, and uh, so good to have him and, and his family here uh, with us today. So again, it's a part of how important uh, this, this service is. I also want to say, and I've told the pastor this many times, uh, when you come into Pineville, when you cross that bridge, whether you're coming home or whether you're coming to visit for whatever reason, there's just something special when you top that hill and you come into Pineville via the Purple Heart Bridge. Because to your right, you see a beautiful sign that tells you, welcome to Pineville. And you look to your left, and you see a beautiful sign that says God is strong in the city of Pineville. And Zion Hill has built that presence one brick at a time, one step at a time. And God continues to honor that blessing. And the seeds, Pastor Dara, Sister Dara, that you continue to plant have grown big big blessings for the city of Pineville. And I know you're about to plant another seed that is going to grow our community and is going to grow this campus and is going to grow God's love across the city of Pineville. So I, I am honored to be your mayor, but I am more honored to be your brother. Much love, much love. Happy anniversary. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's stand on our feet and give God some praise this morning as we celebrate. We know that you know this song, so go ahead and help us. Join in with us. 
as we give up a praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Clap your hands like this, everybody. Come on. Come on, everybody. Help us sing and say every praise, every praise is to our, to our God. Say every word of worship, word of worship with one accord. One accord. Look good. Say every praise. Every praise, every praise, it belongs to the one true God. We don't mind lifting our voices and saying hallelujah as we give you praise, God. We say glory, hallelujah, because it's due you. We say every praise, yeah, every praise, it belongs to the one true God. Come on, lift it loud, everybody. Say every praise is to our God. Every word of worship, every yeah, of worship, with one accord, one Father. Accord. We say every praise, every praise, every praise it belongs to you, God. So, Father, this morning we lift our voices with a shout of hallelujah as we give you praise, oh God. We say glory, hallelujah, because it's due your name. We say every praise, yeah, every praise, it belongs to the one true God. Come on, let's take it higher, everybody. Come on, sing it. Every praise is to our God. Father, every word of worship with one accord. We say every praise. God, we give you all the praise. It belongs to you, God. We lift our voices this morning and say hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah. It's to you. You say every praise, come on, every praise, it belongs to you, oh God. Let's sing it higher in the Lord this morning. Say every praise is to our God. Every word of worship, yeah, yeah. Every praise, Father, every praise, we send it up to you now, corporately. We corporately lift you a hallelujah. Every praise, it belongs to you, God. Come on, everybody, sing it. Say every praise to our God. Every word of worship with one of God. Every praise, every praise, it belongs to you, oh God. We lift our voices loud and we say hallelujah to our God.
Oh 
morning, Zion Hill family. How we doing this morning? All right, hope everybody's blessed. All right. I was asked to come up here this morning and tell you guys what Zion Hill means. Uh, I'm a new member, just got here last year around August sometime, and uh, it's been a blessing ever since. Uh, Okay, now before I get started, let me let you guys know, this ain't something that I do on the record. Okay, I don't get up here and talk in front of a group of people, so give me some time, give me some grace. Okay, um, I'm really nerved up right now. Okay, but I figured, you know, since I was chosen, God knew what he was doing. Okay, he chose me for a reason, um, so bear with me, please. Let me give you a little backstory on me. I've done services here for the church for the last four years, and uh, actually the last three years, I didn't have any any means of joining church. Um, when God says, uh, when people say that God has ways of reaching you, he actually does. He actually does. He can he grab you from any, any area and put you on that area where you need to be. Um, most of my adult life and teenage life, I spent running away from being a part of the church. I did it for years. Um, any opportunity that was given to me, I avoided it, ran from it. Uh, every time I would come here, though, doing services for the church, I would always have a little session with Miss Colton. Uh, every time we get here, or every fourth Tuesday, I get here, I do the pest control, and we would have. Hear me? Okay. We'll have a little church. Uh, and it's fun. It was fun. But back in July of last year, she noticed something. I walked in here and I lost my smile. She noticed that big time. And it's kind of hard to do as big and bright as this thing is. So uh, <laughs> when she noticed that, our session went a little longer. You know, I sat here and I talked with her probably for about 30 minutes before I even started the service. Um, and we went on, we went on, I went on and did the services. And that following week, I showed up to church showed up my family goes here so I mean for the longest everybody's been telling me hey Mike you need to get in church some say you should have been in church which you know and all around oh no they were right um, let's see so back in July whenever she realized I lost my smile I was kind of displaced from my family uh, lost them well let me not say I lost them but you know we went our separate ways uh, took me a while to get pulled myself back together uh, over the last couple months after that, things got really dark for me. Some of the thoughts that we don't like to think about, I had those thoughts. And uh, you know, one thing that pulled me out was the support of my family, my friends, but there was only so much that they could do. So with me coming here, that kind of put me in a better spot, got me to a spot to where I believed in me and God and everybody else around me again. And it was, it's great. As you can see, I think I made a good decision. I'm still here. <laughs> still here. Um, let's see here. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the day I walked in and Ms. Cofield realized I lost something. She proceeded to do what she does best. We sat there and we had church again. Uh, after, get okay. after getting there and being here for the while that I was, 
I realized that I wasn't just coming to church, I was coming to a family member's house. Everybody I met here was extremely nice, welcoming, and everything. Uh, on the Tuesdays when I do my services, I usually make it back there to the family center, and you have the OLG gang back there doing their thing. Okay, they're back there planning, sharing recipes, doing everything, and, and meeting them is, is, is always fun. You know, before I became a member, it was, hey, it's the bug man, that's our bug man right there. Let's look at him, he's doing his thing. After I became a member, my name just started floating everywhere. You know, it's like, hey, Michael, how you doing? And even outside of church, you know, I was walking on the field at, uh, at Nackman one day, me and my brother, we usually do it for lunch almost every other day, but he don't do it no more. Uh, and we ran into a, a member that I didn't even know. She saw me and just knew, hey, member, and I was like, hey, you know, I didn't know who this lady was. And now I see her every time at church and I, I'm, I'm a hugger, you know? So every time I see her, I grab her when it's time for meet and greet, you know, we kind of do our thing. So being asked on what Zion Hill means to me, it means family, support, dedication, and love. Because that's what I get from my church every time, no matter where I am, okay? Uh, we have this saying here that we'll see you at the top. Well, from where I'm sitting right now, it's pretty crowded at the top, okay? <laughs> Thank y'all. Y'all have fun. All right. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning and good morning. My name is Lisa Harris and I am the chair of your event planning committee and I just want to say we have had an awesome weekend. Will you agree with me? Amen. Awesome, awesome time. Celebrating our 100th year anniversary. So at this point in the services, we want to pause for just a minute to recognize any visitors that are visiting with us for the first time. If you are, would you please raise your hand so we can see? First time visitors? Amen. Thank you so much for visiting with us on this special occasion this morning. We hope that something is said or done that will make you feel welcome because you are definitely welcome. And I cannot sit down without saying, if you're looking for a church home, I think you just found it. Amen. Amen. So Zion Hill, let's do what we do best. We're going to stand and greet our visitors and hug someone this morning and say, great to see you on this wonderful 100th year anniversary.
thank you, thank you. As you make your way back to your seats, thank you. Thank you, thank you. As you make your way back to your seats, let me mention to you all in honor of our 100th year anniversary, as you make your way out of the sanctuary today, please stop by the table and receive a gift from us for being the light. We want to make sure that everyone, visitors and all, that you received a gift from us as we celebrate our 100th year anniversary. Amen? Thank you. I will now turn it over to the choir.
<laughs> been going on, I get I got excited. I didn't even need the mic. But thank God. Thank you. I got it. But what I wanted to say was that the baby, the first one that came up, she was so sweet, it's kind of hard to go behind her. And I am 90 years old. And I know. I know. It's a blessing. And I do know it's a blessing to be standing in God's house. It ain't goodness, it's grace and mercy. And I thank God for his grace and mercy. And I've truly been blessed this morning. The devil tried to stop me on my way in here. When I got here, I spoke to Miss Harrison, and I told her I didn't think I could do this. But I got good news. <laughs> God said, you can do this. And I'm going to do my best. Our pastor, his lovely wife, and their guests. Again, my name is Maggie McCarty. I'm going to do the best I can. We're going to talk about the, the B attitude. And the B attitude is what we call the summer on the mountain. And when, you, when, when, Jesus, when Jesus Christ taught his gospel and outlined it now to his disciples, in a powerful form called Sermon on the Mountain. And it, he also gave eight important teachings. God called Beatitudes, the word Beatitude being supreme, boldness, or excellent happiness. Beatitude highlights the amazing promises, blessings that comes from when we develop certain religious, righteous types. Blessed are the poor in spirit, and there is the kingdom of heaven. My glasses are going to throw me off, but I'm going to do it. Poor in spirit is the is to who can humble himself and humble himself. Jesus wants us to always humble and acknowledge our need of him. And the Lord knows he knows we need him. Can't do nothing without him. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. We, we face challenges, problems, yes we do, that will, teach, uh, will, that will test us. I had it this morning. And when who loses thrills, we promise that we bless, we are blessed as we enter God with Sin with sound his Holy Spirit to comfort us in time of need. Bless, blessed are they that meet 
for the meat shall inherit the earth. To keep, to keep meat in it, to be gentle, kind, patient, and tolerant. Not proud, mighty, or conceited. The Savior showed his meekness by being willing to submit to his will of God, to submit to the will of God. Even in a moment of extreme agony, he, he said to God, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Bless the Lord, all are they of which we Blessed are they that which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We can, we can come close to God as we try to follow his teaching and learn more about him. The more we learn, the more we acknowledge, the more we acknowledge, we know, the more he'll bless, more he will bless us. Blessed are they, blessed are the merciful, for they shall attain mercy. And we do need mercy. I need it. What would I do without God's mercy? Jesus Christ was a perfect example of showing forgiveness and mercy, even when he was suffering on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Since we need mercy, we must give mercy. Now, you know we all like to receive, but we must give. Blessed are they that Proceeds, partakers, peacemakers, for they shall become called children of God. Another name Jesus has is peace, peace and peace and Christ of peace. Jesus encourages us to follow his example. Be loving to everyone so we can live together in harmony. Bless the Lord. All they which are pers persuaded for his righteousness, for his righteousness sake, for there is a kingdom of heaven. We may we may face circumstances which society or other group for the way we live is things we believe in and and the things we do boldly 
bravely stands up for the principles of God. And in his church, God bless you for it in both this life. God will bless you both in this life and the next life. I pray, I hope everyone understood what the Lord expects of us. He expects our best for each other. And please don't forget each other. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. It's time for us to honor God with our giving. Amen. Anybody excited about giving this morning? You ought to be because giving is receiving. Let me remind you again and again that God wants you to have financial dominion. You are living in the richest country in the whole world. There's a reason why foreigners are trying to get in. People swim. Some of them walk, break chains to get here. So if you're born and raised here and you're missing out in that blessing, something is wrong. The Bible said in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, if you're willing and you are obedient, the Bible says you will eat the good of the land. There's plenty of good in America. So don't go through life and miss out. How do you partake of these blessings? It's really very simple. God has given us a formula. And all you need to do is learn to follow that formula. This house is full of witnesses of people who tried it and it worked for them. Pastor, what is that formula? It boils down to two things. You don't need a PhD to remember this. Number one is giving. If you want God to bless you, you have to learn to give. Are you still here? The problem is that many of us are stingy. So you disqualify yourself from the blessings of God. So learn to be a giver. The Bible puts it this way in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. It says, as long as this planet Earth remains, there will always be seed time. And then we have harvest. Don't expect harvest in your life if you have no seed in the ground. You see how simple this is? So the more you give, the more he gives back to you. The Bible even suggests that God actually gives seeds to souls. I chose to live 
out of poverty. Poverty drove me to America. But once I found out from the word of God what you need to do, all you need to do is do it. And you get blessed. Don't let the ushers pass you by without giving. Don't just wave at them. You're waving at your own prosperity. So be a giver. Not just in the church. In life, on your job, in your daily walk with God. Everybody got it? Another thing you need to do is don't just give. Give out of love. Remember, God so loved the world that he gave. Some of you are giving, but there's no love in your heart. Guess what that means? You just made a donation. We will take your money, <laughs> but it will not profit you. So everything you do, don't do it grudgingly. I'm just reminding you the Bible. Don't give out of necessity. Guess what? God loves what kind of giver? Cheerful. Put smiles on your face. Put love in your heart. Thank God for the opportunity to make the world a better place. You ask, what are we going to do with the money? We're going to spend it. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, this is an opportunity for you and me to be blessed. The Bible said it clearly. If you give, it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Your cup running over. In fact, he said, men and women will be given to your bosom. So I don't know about you. I'm going to be blessed. In fact, let's take it further. Open your mind and say, I am blessed. blessed. Amen. Right here in America. So there is no room for poverty in this house. The Bible says wealth and riches shall be in your house. You see, remember the Lord thy God who gives you power to get wealth. I don't believe in poverty. That's why I ran out of it. So, and for everyone struggling, the purpose of the church is to pick you up, to inspire you, to show you the way to do better for yourself and for your family. So don't miss the opportunity to give. Not just money. Give of yourself. Your talents, your gifts, your service. And serving the Lord pays. You don't have to get to heaven to see the blessing. You know what Jesus said? For everyone who left their father, their mother, their brothers, their sister, uncles, nephew, for the sake of the gospel. He said they shall receive reward in this life. 
So I expect you to be driving good. I expect you to be living good. I expect people to come to this church and behold the glory of God. All minds clear? I'm going to ask the ushers to come. I will pray for you. I'm believing God that God will raise up success story after success story in this house. I want you to be a part of that. Your children and your children's children. This is a place of wealth. And after I pray, the choir will sing. Amen. Thank you for your ministry. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the opportunity to give. For we know out of understanding that giving is receiving. Lord, I pray for everyone that will partake of this exercise. I pray for plenty in their life. Lord, I pray that you will give them a testimony for every one of them to know giving is receiving. I pray for an overflow anointing. I pray that you will move your people from a land of not enough to a land of more than enough. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Let's give.
Before I do that, please permit me to say thank you to all of you for everything you're doing to celebrate 100 years of our existence. Amen. We are grateful, grateful, grateful for the joy that I see in your faces for the opportunity you've given me to lead this church. I'm standing on the shoulder of all the pastors before me that God has used mightily for his glory. It's easy to build a church when it's been granted on a good foundation. So I consider it a privilege now, I happen to be the longest-serving pastor for this church. But don't forget I had a foundation. Amen. So I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. Also, please permit me to remind all of you, all of us, about the theme of this event. The committee that planned this event said we should remember that we are the light of this world. So I enjoy all the singing, all the dancing and shouting, but don't forget that this church is the light of the world. And we are living in a world full of darkness. Am I right about it? So that should not be a surprise to you. You should know that already. Families are living in dysfunction. Is that true? Our young people, they're struggling in many areas, dealing with addiction, seeking direction for their life. Even churches, the body of Christ, struggling also. Don't think every church in America is like yours. I've been here 27 years. We've never had a fight. Not one time. It's the grace of God. But that is not the story of every church. In fact, the truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, we have fancy buildings, but we have no power. You see? Many of us, we are riding nice cars, but no power. Please remind yourself what this church is all about. Be the light in your community. 
to whom much is given, much is required. This is the largest minority congregation, not just in the city, but in the entire parish. So you cannot take that for granted. To whom much is given, much is required. And you are listening to me. So purpose it in your heart, on your job, be the light. In your family, be the light. In the community, be the light. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, God showed up, guess what he said? Let there be light. And bam, there was light. So he's always about being the light. Amen. And then you see him again in John chapter 8 verse 14. He said, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said to all of us. Don't forget that, please. I beg you, be mindful of that. Anytime the name Zion Hill is mentioned, it ought to be about something positive. It ought to be adding value to this community. Not only did Jesus say he's the light, notice he also said something to the effect that the light shined to the world, but the world failed to comprehend it. Am I still in the book? Then he turned around, then he says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, you and me, we are the light of the world. So he's not just the light, you and I, we are the light. In other words, we are the photograph of Jesus Christ to the world. So when somebody sees you in the community, they ought to say, now that's a good man. That's a good woman. That's a good boy. That's a good girl. You are seeing me? Notice also he's saying when it comes to this thing being the light of the world, he's saying to Ross that the challenge we have is that it's like we're having an eclipse. So we're allowing the world to get between us and Jesus. So I'm not a scientist, but when there is an eclipse, okay, you see the moon is really not the light. The sun is the light. So the moon is only reflecting the light that's coming from the sun. But think about it, if something get in between the sun and the moon, there'll be darkness. That's what they call an eclipse. All right? So what is going on, ladies and gentlemen, is that now we have the world is getting between the church and Jesus Christ. And then our photograph is becoming fussy. See, I grew up when we used Polaroid cameras. Many of you are too young to know that. And then when you take those pictures, and then you, 
you shake it until you get a clear picture. So I'm challenging all of us as a church family. Let's shake this community for the glory of God. Amen. All minds clear? All right. Now I want to tell you briefly about our guest today. The Honorable U.S. Senator Bill Cassidy. Please note that he grew up in the city of Baton Rouge. That's just a few hours from here. Amen. So he's a homeboy. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, just like every one of us, just like I, I, I encourage everybody here to get the education. There's no dropping out of school in this house. Amen. If I found out you drop out of school, I'm coming to your house. That's your ticket to success in life. The number one challenge in our state today is illiteracy. Are you listening to me? So even when we attract businesses to come, if there is no workforce to work in those factories and industries, they're not going to come. So get your education. One thing I love about Senator Cassidy is a well-educated brother. This is very important to me. I was sharing with him this morning. It's not so much of what he's going to say. Your very presence is a sermon. I don't want dummies here. That's the honest truth. If you see me bring somebody to this pulpit, he's loaded. Senator Cassidy was educated at LSU. He had his undergraduates there. He has graduate work there. And he's a physician. He earned an MD degree. Amen. I can relate to that. Ladies and gentlemen, when he finished his education, then he became a professor in the medical school. I can relate to that. Your pastor is a professor. Education is critical. Not only was he a professor there, ladies and gentlemen, he became a resident practitioner at the charity hospital. That's important because that's where you begin to see the heart of a man. Not everybody is willing to work in a charity hospital. That's why I tell all of you, don't waste your life focusing on what party a person belongs. That's ignorance at times. He's devoted his entire life to serving people. Most of the clients, he 
may not want me to say this, but most of the patients in the charity hospital are people like you and me. That's how he spent his life. Trying to help somebody. One time, he literally helped to convert a Kmart store into an emergency clinic just to help people who are in need. I don't hang around anybody. You know me by now. But when I see a man or a woman that is giving himself to servant leadership, it touches my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, in 1990, that's when he started to be a professor. Then, you move to the year 2006. He ran for the state legislature to become a senator. Just like your pastor. The only difference is that he won, I lose. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he became a senator here in the state of Louisiana. And then, two years later, ladies and gentlemen, he was elected to Congress in Washington, U.S. Congress, as a state representative, representing Louisiana, but at the U.S. level. Then, ladies and gentlemen, in the year 2014, the Lord promoted him again. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Your life is a sermon. I've been privileged to, to marry a lot of people and bury a lot of people. When I want to talk about a person, I tell them their life is a sermon. And I walk people through what he or she has done. Thank God he's not dead. But you can see the hand of God in his life. From being a student at LSU, to graduate school, to becoming a doctor, to becoming a professor, to becoming a practitioner, a resident, to becoming state senator, to becoming U.S. Congress representing Louisiana. And then in 2014, the Lord promoted him again. Now he become U.S. Senator. That's the highest it gets. You know the good news? It can happen to any of you. God is no respecter of person. Amen. Now he's not just a United States Senator. He's a senior Senator. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? When it comes to the whole state of Louisiana, that's the man. 2023, he became a ranking member in the HELP Committee. I believe you're probably the first physician in that committee in the history of the United States. By the way, there's a sermon there. I'm honored it's my friend. Watch out for who you hang around. 
You show me your friend, I'll show you your future. Find people that will push you into your destiny. Find people that are going in the same direction as you. If they're going in the opposite direction, dump them, delete them. Tell them my pastor say you no good. You know what I, I, I was reading how many legislation Senator Cassidy has brought to the United States. Honestly, I ran out. I was studying 51 pages. Legislation after legislation that God used him to be a part. He served in so many committees, from health care to energy to veterans to, to uh, labor. He's amazing. Family values. He's just out there trying to make our state look good. You know, the other day, I make a confession, uh, Senator Long. I was hanging out with Deborah Randolph. Deborah is our chief president of our chamber here in this in the parish. I said, Deborah, tell me how much benefit have we received in this parish because of Bill Cassidy? It blows my mind. Millions of dollars. I'm not talking about hundreds. I'm not talking about thousands. Millions of dollars through this man that is sitting in your church. More importantly to me, look, he's married. Say amen. amen. <laughs> That's important to me. He's married to Dr. Laura. His wife is a physician also. His wife is a surgeon a general surgeon of breast cancer. I've had to deal with people in this house. You've got to be real. Amen. By the way, don't marry anybody. Make sure they have something to offer. Yes, I said it. <laughs> Praise God. He's a family man. He stands for family issues. You know something I also love about him is all the help that he's brought to this community. Infrastructure. Helping us to do better for ourselves. Amen. Amen. Now ladies and gentlemen, he's a Christian. That is very, very important. Amen. I know where he goes to church, campus chapel. I know his pastor. And also very important is that he's my friend. Ain't no shame in my game. I'll tell you who I hang around. And you can see the fruit of it. He's helped me personally. He's helped my children. Are you listening to me? This is how you win in life. Don't just hang around anybody. 
when you're hearing, okay, my children are doctors, my children are lawyers, it didn't happen by chance. Are you listening to me? Freely I receive, freely I'm giving to you. So I am so honored that he's here with us. I'm going to ask the choir to sing one more song. And after the singing of the choir, the next voice you're going to hear is that of the Honorable U.S. Senator Dr. Bill Cassidy. Help me celebrate. Come on, let's do it. Let's thank God for the blessing. Let's thank God for it. That is the will of God concerning us. So after the choir sing, Senator Cassidy will talk to you.
What a music ministry. Oh my God. I am sitting next to Mayor Rich. He leans over after as, as pastor is going on. He goes, you'll never get another introduction like that. <laughs> and I said, well, I got to tell him that this is only the second sermon I've given him in my life. So on your 100th anniversary, it may be that this is the worst sermon you've ever had in 100 years. But at least pastor built me up to overcome whatever insufficiency I have as a preacher. Before I, want to, before I go on, I want to thank Mayor Rich, Representative Ed Lauderdale. We have a councilman here, Gary Johnson, and a police jury, police juror, Ali Overton. Let me just say, when Pastor says that we don't want poverty, it is our commitment to work together to do what we can, as much as we can, to make this place the most prosperous place it can possibly be. And they have been great partners as we've tried to take whatever money can come from Washington and join it with that which comes from Baton Rouge and join it with that which comes from here to make this place a place where your children and your grandchildren will have the prosperity that allows them to have a stable family roots in this community and a desire to stay instead of a desire to leave. So I just want to give a thanks to them. Now the theme of this 100th anniversary, let your light shine. You know, uses scripture uses light as a word for glory. The Shekinah glory, the radiance, and it dwells within us. I want to talk a little bit about that glory. Because when I began to talk about that glory, I wasn't quite sure I understood it. As we're driving up here, my assistant, Brian McNabb, I said, Brian, what do you think about glory? And I thought his thoughts were awful. <laughs> it just wasn't what I thought. And he's a great man, so I just want to say that. Um, what does it mean to have glory? In 2 Corinthians 4.17, St. Paul says, For our light affliction, not heavy, it's light, is but for a moment, and work within us for the weight of glory. Now, glory means weight. The word for glory is the glory for weight. What is this weight that we can have within us that is more than that light doesn't weigh very much affliction? Now, my Bible dictionary says, that glory is importance, and it exhibits a man's inner worth and demands the respect of others. But I read demands respect. What does that mean? And then I thought of somebody kind of strutting around and demanding that you respect them. But that's not our gospel. That's not how Jesus lived. He didn't, he didn't strut. He was born in a manger. If someone had not given him a tomb, his body would have been thrown out for the dogs to eat. He doesn't strut, but he demands respect. And so how do we encourage that? How do we uh, partake of that? And so, and, and I couldn't, I wasn't sure I could understand glory. So then I thought about honor, because scripture always talks about glory and honor. Hebrews 2.9, but we see Jesus was crowned with glory and honor. 
Revelations 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. Um, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? For you, and this is, this is speaking of man, for surely you have crowned him with glory and honor. So I thought I would understand glory by understanding honor. Could I have my first picture, please? Look at that man on the left, on your right. He's a Marine. You're going to honor that man. He's a Marine. And he's a little bit older. He's got some gray hair. By the way, it's never good when you get up. And Sister Maggie, you're 25 years older than me, and you look younger than me. <laughs> so this gentleman's got a little bit of gray hair. But he's a Marine. So you're going to respect him. But let's go beyond that. I don't know if you can see that patch on his left arm. That patch shows that he is a master sergeant. Master sergeant. But look in the middle of that patch. And there's another emblem that shows that he is, let me make sure I get this right, a Marine Logistic Group sergeant. Now, there is a sergeant of the Marine Corps. That is, only one sergeant is a sergeant of the Marine Corps. And then the next rank, E9, are the Master Gunnery Sergeants and the Marine Logistics Group Sergeants. He is the tier, he is the level next to the very top. We're going to honor this man, not just because he's a Marine, but look a little bit more deeply and look at his rank that was earned in the Marines. Now look then on the lower left portion of his arm. You see those little stripes right there? You get one stripe for every four years you're in the service. He's got eight of them. He's got, he's got 32 years defending us, defending our freedom. This is a man of importance who demands our respect. And look at those medals on his chest. There's so many of them that it's a little bit difficult to make them out, except for that one, if you can see it from where you are, which is of George Washington on a purple ribbon, which is to say the Purple Heart. This man was wounded in combat, defending us. Honor is due to this man. He is a man of importance. We give him glory because of the honor that comes. And could I go to the next slide, please? And this is his wife. And if you look at that hat she has, it says Military Order of the Purple Heart. Now, he was in service for 32 years, and she was a single mom. Let's give her honor. And when he got that Purple Heart, she got a phone call. It says, your husband's wounded. My gosh, she had to deal with the uncertainty of being that mom alone with those children, and her husband was wounded in combat. We give her honor. She demands respect. She is a woman of importance. That is a, that is a couple of importance. We give them glory. 
Now, it's kind of coming to me now. Glory is not something you get by going like this. Glory is something which is you go out and you live your life in patience, obedience to vows that you take, whether to your country, whether to your marriage, whether to your church. You earn that respect. It demands respect. And it begins to come upon us as glory. Now, we see this all throughout Scripture. In fact, we see that one of the Ten Commandments, you shall honor father and mother. And it says later in Scripture, that is the first that comes with a promise, that if you honor your father and mother, you shall receive that blessing. Now, I kind of like that. It's a blessing. It goes back and forth. By the way, if that child, by you, you, I got children, I got a grandson, they can obey and not honor me. And the pastor said it's one thing to give, but it's another to give with a cheerful heart. And one is just a donation and the other is partaking. And so when you obey and you obey out of a sense of honor for those whom you are obeying, that brings a blessing. And I will point out, by the way, this blessing goes back and forth. My children bless me. They really do. I have blessed them, I hope. I've blessed my grandson, I hope. And they bless me. And, and we can see that in all our relationships. A man is to honor his wife. And, if he honor, and she is to honor her husband. And if you honor, that marriage can be the most wonderful thing in the world. And by the way, we know this is true. Um, I, um, I smile. When we say, by the way, honor, prize her highly. Care for and protect. Respect. I smiled. Once I was in the mall, I'm walking along, and there's a guy coming to me. And that guy, like, totally different from me. I mean, like, you know, he just looked, he just looked so different from me. He was from another world. Except I knew that we were brothers by different mothers. Because as he walked along with this woman by his side, this big old guy with the big T-shirt. His T-shirt said, yes, dear. <laughs> and so just when my wife says, honey, can you come here? And I say, yes, dear. So he said, yes, dear. I honor my wife. I respect my wife. I'm going to protect my wife. I occasionally get mad at my wife. But my wife forgives me. And that is a reciprocal relationship. Because my wife blesses me. And that is the nature of giving honor. Um, now, there's also another part of honor. A little bit like yes, dear. It's how do we, how do we carry out the command? Now, that sergeant I showed you, with that combat wound, he carried out a command. It wasn't just that he obeyed. That he said, yes, sir, I'll take this mission on. It's like he, he carried it out. And there was great risk to him. Obviously, he was wounded. But part of honor is obedience, and part of obedience is to carry out commands. Amen. Now, we see this in Scripture. And we see how oh, carrying out that command continues to bring us blessing. 
If we think of Saul and King David, Saul was anointed by God. And yet he did not carry out God's commands. So Goliath comes and Saul trembles before him. He won't take on that battle. And there's a verse, um, let me see if I got it, I kind of like it, because there's a pastor in the Senate named Barry Black, and Barry was talking to us about this once. I think it's uh, 1, Samuel or 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, verse 43, I think. I'm out of sync of my notes. And Goliath is trash-talking the Israelites. Total trash-talk. And when David comes out, he says, what is this? And you send him out with a stick. And then it says he started to curse the Israelites in the name of their God. And David, with his sling, takes him down. David honored God. He was obedient in that honor to not allow someone to dishonor his God. And the blessing that had been given to Saul, but Saul did not honor, passed to David. And in the Psalms, when the psalmist says to, to the king, to King David, goes honor and glory, David's actions demanded respect. They demanded respect. He was a man of importance because he had honored God and that blessing came to him. So, so I'm thinking about this and I'm still a little bit like, I'm still a little bit, by the way, David prized God highly, cared and protected God's reputation, respected God's ability and obeyed God in submission and in action. That's what it means to honor God. But then God passed that blessing to David, and David was honored himself. This is reciprocal. It goes back and forth. We have this relationship with God. We have this relation. He has this relationship with us. We have this relationship with each other. I honor you and you. And you, sister, and you honor me. Now, by the way, it's still, it's still, I'm still a little comfortable. I was raised Episcopalian. I'm not supposed to like to be the center of attention. Episcopalians don't do that. Um, and so as I'm still thinking I'm a little uncomfortable with this glory and honor. But then I started thinking, I am thinking about still as the person strutting around saying, look at me. I'm not thinking about glory the way that God thinks about glory. If we think about the children coming to Jesus, and he says, as they try, the disciples try and keep them away. And he says, suffer not the children to come unto me, for unto these is the kingdom of God. God doesn't want us to strut. He wants, to, he wants us to be like children. Could I have the next pictures, please? Next picture. 
Maybe not. <laughs> I hope we get one more picture. Oh, no, wrong one. Next one. I gave it to you out of order. My, my bad. That boy. Now, I couldn't get it except on my screen phone. But that is the most wonderful grandson in the whole wide world. And he and he's, he's wants to be a soldier, so he's got his helmet on, and he loves his uniform. Now, contrast that little boy with what I was describing about strutting and preening. That little boy, if you go up to Sam, and you say to Sam, Sam, you did a great job carrying the flag at Boy Scouts. He's not proud. He's happy that he pleased you. It is a totally different attitude. In the obedience, he is honored, and in his honor, he feels glorified, but not as a person of pride, but because he pleased his grandfather, because he pleased those others. We are to be like Sam. We are to hear God's commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. And we are not to be proud, but for that brief moment, we're to say, my father, Abba, Papa, we have pleased you. And to feel that sense of glory, that sense of glory that my grandson feels and that your son and grandson feels when you praise them when they've done something good. And, and I mentioned that good and faithful servant. We're aware, uh, we are aware of that parable of the talents. Pastor mentioned it earlier. And of course, talents, a guy's really talented. Um, uh, a person's really talented. But in their day, it meant money. And the two that got money and invested it wisely, and it didn't, one got five talents and one got two talents, but in both cases, both cases, the master said to them, you were wise, um, my good and faithful servant. And I imagine them being just like Sam, who just carried out the flag. They're not looking at me. They're like, thank you, Lord. And that is to be our attitude. We are to accept that honor and that glory. And we are to be the light as the theme of your 100th anniversary celebration is. Now... He gave one five, and he gave one two, and he gave one one. We haven't talked about him. But sometimes we feel like we've got to be something that we're not. God doesn't ask us to do something that we don't have the skill set for. He gives us a certain degree of talent. Now, sometimes we're not going to believe that we can do something that we can do. Saul didn't believe he could take on Goliath. But still, he had the skill set to. And it's our challenge. But I just want to make, a, I, I just want to make this point. It isn't just that, I mean, it isn't just that you're magical. Oh, I want to go out and do something when you don't have the talent. Could I have that, that last picture, please, the last one you showed? This is the Greek freak. I was asked if I wasn't a senator, what would I want to do? And I told him I wanted to be the Greek freak. <laughs> this man is 6 feet 11 inches tall, and he plays like a point guard. And when I was in high school, if I really jumped hard, I could almost touch the rim. And this man, not even trying, is a foot above the rim. 
If you ever want to watch a great athlete, watch. And his name, look at his last name. I'm not sure I can pronounce it. Otentikaboma. He's from Greece. And so they call him the Greek freak. He's a freak of nature. He is so good. I'm never going to be the Greek freak. I don't have that skill set. I couldn't touch the rim when I was 17. I ain't going to do it when I'm 65. But each of us has things we can do. Each of us has something we can do. In the offering, pastor spoke not just of giving of your time. He spoke of speaking of your talent. He spoke of giving not just of your money, but of your time and your talent. We can actually go out there and be the light. We can, we can show God's glory. We can be the glory. Shekinah glory is the indwelling of radiance. And scripture says we have been justified and therefore you and I are glorified. Now, when we do that glory, it comes back on us. Just like I honor my little boy and he's so proud. And then he loves me that. Boy, that's reciprocal. That little grandchild hugs you. You love it. That child loves you. You love them back. It's reciprocal. And as you show that glory to others, you'll be blessed. So, let me finish. Of course, I skipped half my sermon, but that's probably a good thing. This is your 100th anniversary. 100th anniversary of ministering to this community. It demands respect. It is to be honored. It is a manifestation of glory, which is to say importance and inner worth. You've learned, you've earned the praise of well done and good and faithful servant. This church has earned God's honor and glory. It's been justified, so therefore it has been glorified. And glorified is a completed action. There is glory in this church. But let me finish by saying this. What is a church? A church is not a building. A church is you and you and you and you, and us all. You demand respect. You have inner worth. You have Shekinah glory living within you. And when you go to another, pastor finished up by saying, someone will say, there's a good man, there's a good woman, a good girl, and a good boy. Wouldn't it be nice if they also say, and the glory of God is in them. And I see that glory of God. And by the way, what building do they attend church in? Because we're going to that building too. I thank you. I thank you so much for allowing me the blessing to speak to you on your 100th anniversary. But I thank you, I thank you even more for allowing me to be in the presence 
of so many people who demand respect, who have inner worth, whom God has glorified, and who God is going to use to bless so many others. Thank you very much. to Senator Bill Cassidy. Shall we all stand? Let's just bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord Oh my soul
to tell you what a powerful church God has given you. My employer, Dr. Rick Brewer, is probably in the buildings here. And this week he was in Washington trying to see Senator Bill Cassidy. And so he called me. He said, uh, I'm trying to see this great man. And he was shocked when I told him, the person you run into Washington to see is going to be in my church this weekend. He said, you've got to be kidding me. See, you are truly honored, church, to have this man in our midst. Will you help me say thank you? We love you. We appreciate you. And thank you to our mayor, Rick Dupree, for being in the house. We are so grateful, and, and your lovely wife, every time the mayor see me, would call me my brother from another mother. And what an honor to worship with you. And I want to tell you, church, I always love transparency. All of this would not have happened but for a friend of mine, former Senator Long. Amen. Senator, will you please stand? I want people to say, I know you don't like attention, but this man, we've been friends for years. And we got together, and I hooked him up with my planning committee, and we were brainstorming. And many times he drove, true story. Now, I'm the one who needed his help. I should be going to him in Ruston. He would say, no, pastor, I know you're busy. I will come to you. And he would drive all the way from Ruston. Over and over again. I will never forget that. I'm very grateful. Thank you. These are people that God has placed in my path. And it's such a joy to be able to pick the phone. There's not a single time I call for Senator Bill Cassidy that doesn't pick the phone. That's the kind of blessing you have as a church. Sometimes we take these things for granted. But God has favored us. And we appreciate you, Senator. Thank you for taking out of your busy schedule to be here. I want to say thank you to all of you church members for what you have done. Amen. Just like the Senator said, the church is the people. And you have been faithful in so many areas of our ministry life. This is one church that we lack absolutely nothing. And that could not have been possible but for you allowing God to use you to be a blessing. Will you please help me thank God for every one of our members, all of our leaders, ministers, deacons, deaconesses, Department heads, it's a joy. 
every now and then people ask me, how are you able to be practicing law and you're a professor in a university and you're pastoring? How do you do it and you're on TV every day? I said it's very simple. I have good members. They have been trained for the work of the ministry. They do their part. They hold their end of the blanket. And that is the secret of this church. I commend every one of you, whether you are teaching in church school, whether you are training little kids, whether you are singing in the choir, whether you are serving various positions, I want you to know, serving the Lord pays. Not after a while, right now. God will bless you for all your effort. We are grateful also to all of our community leaders. Amen. State Representative Lavender, we appreciate you. Uh, my brother Oliver, these are frequent flyers to this church. And we are grateful. Brother Overton, we thank you. Amen. And do we have any other? There, there is Councilman Johnson. Amen. We love you, man. I've been trying to harass him to give me some of his beers. So. What a blessing. I am told there is one of the candidates for governor who is in the house. Uh, Mr. Savior Ellis. Is you a candidate member with Stan? I want to honor you. Thank you. Amen. Hunter Blondie. Praise God. Well, we thank God for you, man. Thank you for being here. Amen. Uh, any other one? Yes, sir. Come on. Oh. You're the youngest. Amen. Do I need to baptize you first? Or no? It's a joke. <laughs> My friend. This is unrehearsed. But I think we need to give honor and glory to this pastor who for 27 years has carried the torch of the banner that flies high and above, the banner that will never fail. And his name is Jesus. And he has led. He has led. And Pastor Dara, I want to tell you, you are loved not only by these people who are here today, you're loved by a host of people who call you a brother in Christ. So, would you give me the privilege of closing in prayer as, as we finish out our service? Father, today, what, a, what an incredible opportunity you've given us. I want to personally thank you for my friend Bill Cassidy, whom I have known for years. And he has been chiseled and he has been formed by a holy God who has prepared him for such a time as this. And because of the faithfulness 
of Senator Cassidy, our nation is a better nation. Our state is a better state. You and I are better people. So we give honor, Father, to your servant. But above everything else today, Father, we may honor men. But the greatest honor we give is to the one who is worthy of all praise and all adoration. And we honor that name today. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you and God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Please let's hang around as we re retire the colors. Please give us a few minutes to honor our country and retire the colors. And receive the Pineville High School JROTC Color Guard. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Sister Jackson, I appreciate it.